Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm the president of Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm and we're located in Riverside. We serve the Inland Empire. I'm a certified financial planner and I have three other individuals in our firm that are also certified. I also have one that's an attorney that helps our clients with estate planning and other legal issues. We are fiduciaries. If you'd like to know more about what a fiduciary is, just go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Or just simply call. Phone number is 951-684-7011. Now, every week, what I do is I divide my program into three segments. The first segment is what I refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, in the first segment of the program today, in retirement update, I'm going to talk about something that is, we, we really don't talk about this very much. We've seen it with credit cards but we haven't seen it in other areas. And that is where people are losing their money based upon theft or hacking. But we're starting to see a trend that is very alarming. And this is in 401ks and in your retirement accounts. So we're, you know, if you get a charge, if you get a charge on your credit card that is not yours, you call up your credit card company and they say, I, you know, you just tell them I didn't buy that. And they'll take back the charge from your credit card. Oftentimes they'll replace your credit card. But what happens if somebody jumps into your retirement account and pulls money out? Now, federal law limits consumer liability, but it's not the same with your retirement accounts. So when it comes to theft from retirement accounts, let's say 401k, you got record keepers. They're saying that the biggest uh, offenders are family members because they have access to the information and such. But we're starting to see Uh, entry into, I'm starting to read about that people have got access to retirement accounts. And in some cases, they've actually been able to pull money out. So the question is, are you protected? And, And the answer is, it all depends. So in recent court cases, uh, they were, they had some money stolen out of some 401ks and the record keepers were basically held responsible Now, your record keepers are the people that keep track of your accounts, keep track of your holdings, and they get paid by the custodians, or they are the custodians that watch over and take care of. But also what came about in this whole thing was that there's a limit as to what they will protect, and some responsibility falls upon the participants. In other words, the people that actually have the accounts, the IRAs and the 401ks, and the administration can only do so much. So therefore, a lot of, um, how do I want to say, a lot of responsibility still falls upon the participants. And there's evidence that if you've neglected 
your responsibility, maybe your record keeper, you know, Vanguard came out with a statement and said, we're not sure if we'll cover everything. Because if the participant hasn't done what they perceive as a minimal amount of protection on their accounts, they may not protect it if there is fraud. Now, what are the things that you need to do? There are some steps that you need to do. And listen to me, if you have a 401k or an IRA account, the number one thing you need to do is have online access. Now you're saying, why would I do that? It seems like that that's where the hackers would get control of my account. Well, when you establish an online account, you establish from the very beginning the, the route and in which information is to flow. So when a hacker comes in, the record keeper can look at that and say, no, that's not the right flow and they can stop it. So therefore, what we're recommending to, and we recommend to all of our clients is that you have online access. I have some clients that say, I really don't want it. I just want my paper copies, but we still establish online access to their accounts. And we actually have an interfacing software that goes over the top that is encrypted, that people would have access to their account and they keep, they keep, up, they keep tabs on it, but it establishes that clear path between the record keeper, the custodian that holds the accounts and the participant, in other words, the investor. The other thing you need to do is check in in your account regularly. You need to go in and go periodically, look at your account to make sure that the holdings are what they are. And oftentimes, I mean, I, I have clients where I ask them, I said, just go in at least once a month and look at your accounts, look at what's going on. And their comment to me is, I don't need to look at it because you're looking at it. I say, I am but it's important for you to have access and to kind of verify what's going on. And so what a lot of these cases that have come up said, if the client is not doing minimal oversight of their accounts, they potentially would not be covered by the record keepers if they lost money. Also, you need to practice good internet hygiene. What does that mean? That means to avoid public Wi-Fi's. In other words, don't open up your account information in an area where Somebody could get access to your personal information or get access to your passwords or something like that. You should have double authentication set up. So if you go into your account, they'll send you back a text or a phone call to your, to your mobile device that gives you a code to get in. And the fourth and probably the most important, and you've heard this from more people than just myself, and that is you need to create good passwords. Now, passwords I know are a pain. You know, if you have several accounts and each one has a different password, you know, do you have a, how do you do that? Well, I've talked about this in programs in the past. There are companies out there that, out there that do what we call password management. We use a company called 1Password, but they're not the only one. There are many companies out there that not only store your passwords, but also help you create a password. And it's, it's better than dual authentication because of the kind of password that they create for you. They're not that complex. And I would really strongly suggest, and we've helped many of our clients set this up because it's really important that you have good password management, not only for your online retirement accounts like your IRA and 401k, but in addition to that, other accounts too, that might be really critically important that you don't want other prying eyes to get into. So therefore, be aware. And that's what I'm trying to be most um, that's the thing that I want to bring out and highlight in this particular section is that don't be unaware that you could be vulnerable. So therefore, you need to protect yourself. If you'd like to know more information about this, I've got an article I'd, more, I'd like to send to you. Just give me a call at my office at 951-684-7011. It helps to spell out some of the procedures and processes 
that you can do to protect your accounts. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as tactical asset management. We've just finished our uh, winter edition of our newsletter. And if you'd like to have a copy of it, just let us know. We're sending it out to all of our clients and the people that we've had contact with over the last several years. And one of the things that I talk about right now is the national debt. And I want to talk a little bit about this because this is something that we're keeping an eye on right now. I've had a lot of clients ask me, you know, what about our national debt? When is that going to have an impact on our economy? And again, it it all depends. And I, I hate answers like that from people when I ask them. I like to have certainty in an outcome. But in this situation, we don't know. We're in uncharted territory. We've never had central governments borrow as much as they have. So it's not just the U.S. government, but it's all governments across the globe. And um, so what we have right now is a prospect of inflation. We're starting to see inflation start to creep in. And at what point in time does inflation become a factor that's going to affect not only the stock market, you know, where it's not just the overall equities, but also the economy itself? Now, again, You've got the central banks for the last 10 years, they've been worried about deflation, not inflation. So with all of the economy and the growth, they couldn't seem to get inflation and they were trying to be concerned. And governments want inflation. It's a way in which they pay for the national debt because they pay for it with deferred dollars. So just, you know, just kind of a quick picture. If you have 3% inflation for 10 years, your dollar is going to shrink by 30%. 3% a year. So you're paying for that national debt with 70 cents dollars, not 100 cent dollars. And I, and I, you know, if you want to talk to me more about that, we can sit down and talk about that. But bottom line is inflation is something that governments want over long-term debt structures. So the question right now is, is, is all this debt going to create inflation? And, and the answer is it all depends. It could and the demand, we're starting to see that we're starting to see inflation rise a little bit, but it's also located to certain, like for example, residential building and overall building nationwide is up. So it'd be natural to think that like lumber prices are rising. Certain food products, because uh, most people are not going out to restaurants. So what they're doing is they're cooking at home. So we're starting to see an increase in those particular products. In some of those cases, those products have gone up quite a bit. But we have a lot of options in America, so we can pick and choose what we want to do. 
and it kind of keeps inflation at at a uh, at a distance. Now the question is, how much of the gross domestic product is going to be spent paying for the interest on the national debt? Right now it's about eight percent, and they're expecting it to rise to somewhere around ten percent. We've been in this situation before. You know, um, after World War II, we had a huge debt, and we had all the bonds that were sold. And the way in which the national government, the way they took care of it is they raised income taxes. So if you were a high income earner in the, like after 1948, 49, you paid a lot in income tax. I mean, we're talking about a massive percentage, like 90 95% of your income above a certain dollar amount. Now, Biden has talked about increasing income taxes on high income earners. And so he's kind of set the level. So during the campaign, he talked about people making above $400,000 a year. I think we're going to see higher income taxes, not only on individuals, but also on corporations. Because how you pay for this national debt, how you take care of it, as far as just paying the interest, is you have to be able to, you, you have to be able to pay the interest. But the interest Again, it, it's a cause and effect. So if the interest rate rises, and if it rises too much, then the Federal Reserve is going to increase interest rates in the in the open marketplace. So the cost of borrowing, the cost of mortgages, all those factors, all those go up. And it's like throwing cold water onto the economy. And the ultimate would be that you're going to have a recession. Now, in the economy, you've got two, you got you got more than two, but basic two levers. You've got a fiscal and a monetary lever. The monetary lever is pretty much in the hands of the Federal Reserve. So that means when they can increase the amount of debt, they increase the amount of, of money available to banks and to other borrowers. And they also provide a like a mortgage-backed securities, a place for mortgages, things like that to be housed during the term that they're being paid off. But you also have fiscal management. And fiscal management comes from Congress. And that's where taxes will increase. And so you kind of imagine in your mind kind of a teeter-totter. So as interest rates rise, though, what they would do then is they would increase taxes, use the taxes to pay for the interest, and it would kind of keep it at a level ground. Now, again, in a perfect world, everything just kind of matches and it runs out and it does perfect. But, you know, I don't expect that it's going to be perfect. I believe we're going to have some hiccups. But I do believe that we're starting to see inflation creep into the marketplace. And so the average inflation targeting they want it to look, go above 2%. They want it to run beyond 2%. And I think we're going to see about 3% before the Federal Reserve starts to pull back, starts to pull back on their bond purchasing. In other words, by putting more, more money into the system. Now that could be well into next year or even beyond that. But at the same point in time, we're starting to be careful about bonds and bond portfolios because they could be affected. Also, the kind of equities that you buy is very important. Because if you buy equities that are interest rate sensitive, in other words, companies that have a large balance sheet and a large um, amount of debt to banks and other entities, well, they're going to be very sensitive to rising interest rates. It's going to affect their earnings. So therefore, there's going to be a, you know, a piper to be paid at some point in time down the road. We don't know what that's going to look like because, again, as I mentioned before, we don't know. We've never been down this road before. So as it starts to unwind or it starts to become more clear, it's going to have an impact, a cause and effect on the economy. Right now, we see interest rates continuing to remain low for the foreseeable future through 20, 2021 and maybe well into 2022. 
During that period of time, we see the economy continue to grow. Again, the Federal Reserve is trying to get back to that lower unemployment rate. I think they're going to have some problems if they continue to put out stimulus money and pay people not to work. In other words, some people are getting money just to stay home and they're making more money on unemployment than they are if they went back to work. And I think that's the moral hazard that we're going to have. And we're going to see that be dealt with over time. So anyway, it's something that we're watching. It's something that we're well aware of and how it's going to have an impact upon our clients' portfolios. If you'd like to talk to me about it, I'd be more than happy to sit down and talk with you about you know, how, what, what the things that we look at, what are the things that we are aware of that we believe are going to have some impact upon your portfolio, positive or negative. Give me a call at the office, 951-684-7011. Remember, the first interview is always free. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as news you can use. Folks, change is a coming. And I read, an, I read a thing from the Wall Street Journal when they bring it out, they bring it out periodically, but it's called the future of everything. And they talk a lot of, they, they kind of give forecasting on different economic things, but developments, um, just things that I think are going to be more commonplace five, 10, 15 years from now. And one of the things that have been, what we've been very interested in, and that of course is energy. How is energy going to be, what's it going to look like five years from now, 10 years from now and beyond? Uh, oil is, is becoming less and less, coal, fossil fuel is becoming less and less used. In other words, it's declining. And we're seeing an increase, of course, in alternative energy, you know, obviously solar panels and wind and that sort of thing. But I think, I think the, the biggest issue that energy has is they can't, provide what we call peak use. In other words, on-demand use. If like, for example, what's going on in Texas right now and throughout the Midwest, you have this, this really this cold vortex that goes down through there. And all of a sudden everybody cranks on their, their furnace or cranks on their electric heat. And if you don't have on-demand power that you can put into those, into those lines, people all of a sudden the grid goes down and that's kind of what they're having. So the question is, Will that change? And I think the answer is yes. Now, one of the ways in which it'll change is through battery storage. So there's an article in the Wall Street Journal, Journal it's called The Birth of the Super Battery. And it, it kind of gives the history of the rechargeable lithium ion batteries. And if you'd like me to send this copy of this article to you, but it, it talks about how the development of battery, and I've always said this, I like solar cells, but until I can store the energy that the solar cells produce and put it into a battery, that I can bring it back out at peak use times, I'm really not interested in solar 
solar at this stage. I'm talking about for residential. So what's happening right now is they are doing phenomenal changes in battery development. And so within the next five years, they're estimating, in the next five years, you're going to see electric vehicles are going to be the same cost. I'm talking about to build and to operate as internal combustion engine vehicles. That is a really close. I mean, that's right around the corner, folks, in five years. In fact, in 2035, General Motors has said they pretty much are going to stop production of internal combustion engine because in you know companies that large have to make their changes to their factories decades ahead of time. So what we're seeing right now is primarily because of lithium. And these lithium ion batteries have changed a lot and they're not they're at the, really at the at the very beginning. If you think about historically where automobiles and the development from Ford, you know, back in the early 1900s and then going forward, the automobile continued to improve. You know, it just continued to improve. It got better and better and better. You got, you know, from the engine to the flat eight, to the flat six, to the V8, to, you know, you got all kinds of development over time, but it became more and more efficient. So right now, batteries are right at the very beginning. And how we translate this energy to automotive and also for power plants, because as they do more and more solar and more and more wind energy, one of the key things is that they have to have on demand. They have to be able to exercise when the demand peaks at certain points or because of emergencies. Now, I don't think they're gonna get rid of natural gas. I don't think they're gonna get rid of nuclear. I don't think that's gonna happen overnight, but I think there's gonna be a gradual process, a, a gradual elimination of fossil fuel, particularly when it comes to automobiles. When it comes to automobiles, I think you're gonna see more and more electric vehicles. In fact, right now they make up about 4% of all cars on the road. What they're talking about in the next five years, it'll make up about 22%. So we're seeing a dramatic shift and change in the kind of cars. If you haven't driven an electric vehicle, I have to tell you they're a kick because you don't hear the engine. There is no engine and you have no transmission. You step on the accelerator and it goes. An electric car is much faster than an internal combustion engine and the life use of the car they're estimating the average life use of electric cars can be somewhere around a half a million miles because you don't have any moving parts. You have very little that can go wrong with it. So it'll just continue to last. And I think for the consumers, it's going to be a much better outcome. Now, again, I'm not saying it's going to eliminate the need for natural gas or gasoline or coal even, but I think you're going to see it continue to diminish. So as we talk about need for energy in the future, I think there's some changes. Now, this article talks about how the battery and the battery development and the cost of it is dropping significantly. It's going to be to the point where it's going to drop probably to about 10% of what it costs right now to produce a mega kilowatt. It's going to be a big game changer for the overall use. And we're right at the precipice of what is the change that is going to happen. So again, go back to think about the internal combustion engine over 100 years ago and the changes that occurred over time and the changes now that are going to occur with batteries and other kinds of energy use, I think we're going to see a lot of change going. And bottom line is it's going to be better for the consumers. It's going to be a better outcome. You're going to have a more efficient car. It's going to last longer, and it's going to be a lot, a lot less expensive, and you're going to be able to charge it up in your home. If you'd like to know, get a copy of this article or anything else I've talked about in the radio today, just give me a call at my office, 951-684-7011, or just simply go to my website, 
which is www.retirementunlimited.com for more information. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. The information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor.